Good morning, Happy Valley, and welcome back to another edition of the Penn State 365 podcast. I'm your host, Richie Schneiderite, joined by my co-host, Dylan Cowling-Crawley. Dylan, what's uh, going on, man? And I just can't believe it's final week of the season is 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 here. Uh, the season's Crazy. gone by way too quick. I mean, as you can tell, I uh, my uh, wife already has us decorating for Christmas. Uh, I'm personally a let's get through Thanksgiving. I, I love Thanksgiving. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't believe, uh, you know, we're final weeks of November here and a uh, bowl season's right around the corner. Yeah, I was I was going to comment on the Christmas thing, but you said it already. Um, it's, it's a little early. It's a little, it's a little, a little early. But, uh, hey, it, it is what it is. You got to happy exactly. wife, happy life. Um what do you call it? So let's let's just do a quick recap of that uh that Penn State Rutgers game. Uh not the prettiest thing in the world, and on top of it, QB goes down. So what are your yeah, overall thoughts? Uh, on obviously if Tom could have lined up, would have loved to go more in depth on this game, but uh we'll we'll keep it kind of short here for today. It, mm-hmm. it was it was a game. That that's that's for sure. I mean, the the offense I thought, you know, it wasn't gonna change a ton, and that's to be expected where mm-hmm. they were 10 weeks into the season, 11 week, 11 games in the season. Um, there, there was never going to be a ton of change. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think it shows while Mike Yersich definitely did, did have his parts in Penn State's struggles overall. Um, it, a lot of it is also just talent at this point. The wide receiver room is not good uh, at all. There needs to be quite a bit of turnover, I think, in that room this offseason. They're going to have to hit the portal hard at that position because mm-hmm. uh, the wide receivers just can't get open and we're Rutgers is a good defense yeah. but it 11 games 11 data points the wide receiver room is what it is this offense is what it is I thought Drew had his ups and downs when he was on the field um he definitely you know shows that talent still but his inconsistencies you know I have to be somewhat concerned now that he's uh 20 plus games into his college career 11 career starts um but I still think he has that chance to be that guy uh, for Penn State. But it's going to take that next offense coordinator to unlock that that next level in him, and uh, we'll see if that is possible. I think mm-hmm. that's something that you know uh, we'll probably end up maybe talking about here a little bit today. But that offense coordinator search, yeah, uh, probably you know going to be finished up in the next two to three weeks tops. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something early December um, about that, but uh, this, this, the mm-hmm. offense is what it is. I, I think at the end of the day, that's my biggest takeaway. Um, it, the play con was not great under your usage, but I think to a degree, he was also being handicapped by the wide receiver. Uh, the running backs solid, but Nicholas Singleton continues to miss a couple holes. I know James Franklin talked about him evolving as a player and he's better overall as a blocker, as um, mm-hmm. a receiver um, and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, he missed a pretty big opportunity for a touchdown in that Rutgers game, I believe, in the first half. He had a cutback lane wide, wide open on the, to the left, and instead he decides to run straight into a pile of linemen and just uh, <laughs> easier said than done, but how do you not see that hole right there? And, it, Penn State, you know, great talent, great talented team, but just too many mental mistakes this year over and over again. 
uh, offensively, and that's why you know they're going to probably finish ten and two, which is you know great. Most programs in the country are going to accept that, but for Penn State at this point, it's just it's Groundhog's Day. It's you know they always are falling short. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, starting with quarterback, uh, I know Drew obviously got hurt, but th- like you said, there was a lot of concerns with Drew. Um, Bo comes in, runs for like a 40 yeah. yard play, and it's like, mm, shit. Do, do we have a? I know we don't yeah. have an OC currently, but do we have a potential con- uh, quarterback controversy starting next year's camp um, or spring training? I'm gonna say spring no, camp? just because I think it's clear that they don't trust Bo to throw the ball right now. And I'm not sure that's going to change drastically going forward um, uh, over one offseason. But that being said, I think it does say something that the offense, the offense's running game looks a lot better when there's a mobile quarterback there. And now we've seen Drew been able, over the last month. He's shown yeah. the ability to take off and run, and he does it quite well. I mean, his biggest flaw is that he doesn't slide. I mean, that's why he left that game on on yeah. Saturday with an injury. Um, it, it, he fast forward quickly. James Franklin believes he's going to be able to go on Friday at Tuesday's practice. That's what it mm-hmm. seemed like. Uh, that continues to be the case. If he's able to go, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but yeah, he you know he he took that huge shit on Saturday. Um, uh, it was hard to tell at first if it was a shoulder or a concussion because you got he got up and uh, he didn't mm-hmm. look right and then he but he stayed in and then a few plays later he uh i don't know if they took him out or he checked himself out but um it, it was clear yeah. after a while that it was a shoulder injury and um but mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it does say something that the offense looks better with the mobile quarterback now i'm not going to say they can't have success with drew but it it is having that mobile capability in your quarterback does open a lot of things up and we saw that with Bo. they didn't have to throw the ball with mm-hmm. Bo. It was a lot like what we saw with Michigan yeah. against Penn State two weeks ago. Michigan ran the ball 32 straight times to end that game or something like that. Penn State ran it mm-hmm. 17 of 18 plays. I forget how many plays Bo was in there for, but yeah. Bo threw one pass attempt all game uh, in the second half, and he played yeah. all but three minutes that second half. What, yeah, it, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Well, um, just, just, which I think says about the offense, but also – the fact that Bo only threw one pass, we haven't seen Bo throw the ball at all this season. That I, I think that says something probably about their trust level in Bo right now as a quarter passer as well. Yeah. Um, now that being said, I do still think down the line, like Bo does have an extra year compared to Drew, so I, I think down the line he could be the starting quarterback. Um, but yeah, if, if Drew, like like Franklin said on Tuesday, is healthy, um, he's probably going to start, and I expect him to start versus Michigan yeah, State on Friday. I expect Friday. him to go Friday, and uh, we'll we'll see what yeah. happens. I mean, it just I, I I keep saying I feel like a broken record, but you feel like Penn State has to find just something to build off offensively, uh, whether that is Drew mm-hmm. finishing off with a big game or two, a wide receiver breaking out. Uh, you feel like they need to find something to kind of grasp onto, some type of positive offensive momentum mm-hmm. to head into uh, the offseason, to head into whoever the new offense coordinator may be. Yeah, totally agree. Um, before we get into offensive coordinator talk, uh, I did want to single out the wide receiver room just for the sole fact that this is such a mind-boggling stat. Cephas had five targets 
Guess how many receptions he has. Well, I know, I know the stat. Is it zero? Zero. Zero uh, receptions. That's I just think insane. Penn State had two wide receivers with um, receptions. Uh, Liam Clifford and uh, was it Clifford Caden Saunders? And... No, Mari Evans. No, Amari yeah. uh, Evans. Who they they put him in again, well, and he makes a play, and it's it's starting to piss me off a little bit because it's like this guy was pretty good last year as a freshman, true freshman. Then they didn't use him at all this year, and it sounded like he was pushing Wallace for playing time yeah. at the beginning of I mean, camp. Yeah. I, it makes yeah, no sense. I think it's, it's, it's interesting, you know. We didn't see much of Mario Evans or Caden Saunders this season, but then on Saturday we saw mm-hmm. both of those guys play, and we saw Mario Evans early in the game too, yeah. which feels notable because usually we'd only mm-hmm. see Mario Evans late. But you know, Marty brings it up on the pod. I've said it again, sound like a broken record, but uh, Mario Evans goes from a guy who's on the field on the game and drive in the first game of his career last season at Purdue. And then this year can't sniff the field. Well, what happened there? Um, whether that's, that's crazy. Um, you know, what, what is he doing or not doing in practice that hasn't earned him the playing time? Uh, we only get obviously, you know, a 15, 20 minute window every week, but uh, it's quite vanilla when we're in there and, you know, everybody looks good during a 15, 20 minute window um, we're not get, we're not able to see what mm-hmm. these guys look like uh, every single snap of practice. So, um, it, like I said, yeah. they, they need to desperately, I think, find something just to grasp in that wide receiver room hand of the offseason. I, I think you feel good about some of the guys, and based off how their season's gone, I, I think there's a good chance you return guys like Dante Cephas, um, a Keandre Lambert-Smith, um, and uh, Trey Wallace all should all in my mind should return. Uh, Dante Cephas probably wouldn't get drafted after this performance this season. Andre Lambert Smith maybe, mm-hmm. but does I think with a good season he could get himself into a you know a fourth round pick perhaps in the future. But like it, the right now I'm not sure he's draftable. Maybe he goes in the back half of day three. But um, I, I think there's a good chance Penn State returns their top three receivers from this year, but at the same time, those top three guys really couldn't get going mm-hmm. this year. So is that necessarily a good thing? Too? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, number one, yeah. I think you have to hit the portal. Number two, I, like you said, I do think a lot of these guys do come back. Cephas is an intriguing one because if this man really can't learn the yeah. playbook I mean, at all, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. And he's a graduate transfer technically too. So he might just dip and just, and they might, they might yeah, be okay with it too. Really Cause you know, there's a whole argument. If he got here in January, would things have changed with him? And yeah, maybe, but he's now had what well, June was five months ago. He's had five, six, six months to learn the playbook. Months, yeah. And when there's issues out on the field with the offense or somebody doesn't know the play, it often feels like it's Dante Cephas not knowing the play. And, and to a point, it's just, you mm-hmm. kind of have to – you either know the playbook or, or don't, so that, that's a great point. Um, I do expect some attrition in that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect we see some transfers out, but um, I, I think right now there's a good chance those top three do return. Uh, but, yes, they each have their positives for sure, and, only, and all three have, you know, um, question marks. Uh, you know, you got Dante Cephas – can he learn the playbook? Yeah. Keandre Lambert-Smith, can he be consistent? That's his biggest issue. And then Trey Wallace, you know, he's kind of kind of steady Eddie. You know, you know what you're going to get, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. 
Um, so, I mean, Trey Wallace is probably like the safest bet of the three in terms of of being just a quality wide receiver week in and week out. But um, mm. he probably also has the lowest floor of the three, too. I know lowest floor, lowest ceiling of the three. He probably has the highest floor. But. Yeah. My other question is, too, I know given he just came this offseason, but how much, like, how – I don't even know how to word this. Yeah. Um, Marquise Higgins, how much of a leash does he realistically have? Like, uh, the wide receiver room did not improve at all whatsoever. Yeah, you can see, I think you said that the wide receiver room took a step so back like, now. Do you blame Stubblefield? Do you blame him? I, I think Is there's just. Do you just rotate a new line, a new wide receiver? No, coach I, again? I, like, I don't think you can. I, I think he needs some leash. I don't think Penn State cannot afford to go through another wide receiver coach this quickly. This is wide receiver coach already mm-hmm. number five in like six years for James Franklin. It's not been not been pretty. Yeah. Um and but this is also a position that, you know, he's consistently struggled at hiring. Um I, I think he does get a leash. I, I think part of this is stubble field issues. Um I think there's a lot that goes behind behind on behind the scenes that uh we're not gonna go into on here, but you know, I, I think there's a leash for Hagen's. I think he's proven in his career that he can be a very good wide receivers coach. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how well he can continue to recruit. I mean, that would be the make or break factor here. Um, he recruited well at Virginia mm-hmm. for Virginia standards, but he needs to recruit at a higher standard at Penn State for Penn State to be successful. He's done a good job this cycle. I don't think there's any... Uh, you know, disagreement on that. Peter Gonzalez has been very good for uh, Pittsburgh Central Catholic as a senior. Um, Tyser Denmark has a ton of upside as well. Um, Josiah Brown was looking good before yeah. he blew his knee out. Uh, I, I think he did a he did well this first sure. cycle, but he got to continue to hit on those top targets going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're going to see yeah. a lot of not not a lot. Of, I think we're going to see some people coming in and out of the program at that position, get some fresh faces in that wide receiver room. It almost feels like it needs a culture change, I guess. Uh, and I, I think that takes more than one year mm-hmm. to put together. But I, I I think he kind of didn't have, you know, a, a full cupboard of talent per se or top talent from the Stubblefield era of mm-hmm. Penn State wide receiver coaching. So I, I think he has another yeah. few year or two here at least. To turn this around. Now, then let me let me piggyback off that one. If Cider doesn't get the OC job, which we kind of don't expect yeah. him to, is that it for him? You think like this is like I'm done, like I can't do this anymore? Um, I'm not sure because he's still. I feel like there's got to be some kind of movement. Yeah, in staff. It, I think there. Yeah, I think there's. Happens every year. I think there's a good chance that we see some sort of movement, but only for. I would say positive reasons. Uh, like, mm-hmm. is Manny Diaz going to get a coaching job? Right now, like, he absolutely should be a head coach again. There, I don't think there's no doubt about that. But is there a job right now that he would yeah. be willing to take? I don't think he's leaving Penn State for any any job. I think he's leaving Penn State for a no, you know, okay. a decent Power Five coaching job. He, he's not going to get the job to the levels of Miami, but. He should be able to get like a Mississippi State mm-hmm. is a decent Power Five coaching job. 
Now, I don't think they're targeting mm-hmm. him, but that level of job I think would make sense for him. Um, I, I think there will, there could be movement. You could look at somebody like Point Dexter. Does he finally get a coaching job? Um, but when it comes back to Cider, I, I think he's quite content with his role at Penn State. Would he like to be an offensive coordinator someday? Mm-hmm. Sure, but I think if he wants to be a head coach, he doesn't have to be an offensive coordinator per se. I think he's shown a great track record already as a recruiter, as a running backs coach. Um, and throughout his career, he's just has, he's had a proven track record. Um, he's, you know, very high regarded by the Penn State program, by everybody in the Lash building. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very highly valued by the Penn State administration as well. So I, I think they're going to, even if it's not as an offensive coordinator, He's still going to have that co-OC title probably come next season. And he's always going to be one of those guys when we're talking about pay raises. He's going to be at the top of the line to always begin a pay raise. He's one of the most important assistants on the staff. Um, and uh, Would he like to be OC? Perhaps. I don't know. I, haven't, I don't have that insight. But I think he's also somebody who's – he knows what his role is. He's very content with what his role is, and he understands – how important his role is within Penn State, and uh, he's okay with that for now. I mean, he talked about it earlier this year um, about if Penn State mm-hmm. is his final stop, he's a hundred percent cool with that. Like, he's not going to necessarily yeah. go and look for another job just for the sake of looking for another job. It's going to have to be. It sounds like the right fit for him to leave. Um, you know, Florida targeted him to leave. Targeted him uh, when Billy Napier was taking over. Um, but I think they wanted him as like tight ends coach or something. Um, So, I mean, and that's a pretty big job to turn down there. So I think Sider is is here until he gets probably a, you know, an offense coordinator job that he can't refuse or a head coach job. I'm glad you kind of mentioned that because obviously Florida's in, I don't even know. You want to call it that? They're just a mess. Yeah. And if Napier does get shit canned and then the new coach comes in, Florida yeah. OC job would yeah. be kind of open. So, I mean, it might be a hard one for him to turn down. Oh, yeah. Florida I, mean, guy. I have no doubt the next Florida coach is going to be all over. Uh, well, if neighbor gets fired, would be all over Cider. And I think, you know, if any mm. there's any movement with Miami or Florida State too, like they're all in play there um, as well. And I'm sure if there's head coaching openings in Florida, he would – be a candidate for there as well. I mean, his reputation is well known. He's a terrific recruiter, especially in Florida. I mean, he's one of the biggest reasons Penn State has had success in Florida. Um, but I also think because of what he's done, what he's been able to do with Penn State, he's gonna he's put Penn State in a spot where even after he's gone, the Nittany Lions are still going to be able to recruit running backs while still be able to recruit uh, Florida well. And that's a huge credit to Cider, mm-hmm. I think. His impact has been felt during his tenure already, and it's going to be felt uh, until he leaves and well beyond uh, when he leaves. As long as James Franklin is here, obviously the coaching staff completely changes. Uh, That can change how Mm -hmm. you recruit certain areas. But as long as James Franklin is at Penn State, I think uh, they're going to recruit those places well, and a lot of that's because of Cider. Yeah, no kidding. Um, next thing I wanted to touch on was offensive coordinator talk. We haven't been hearing a lot, but it does sound like the one name consistent. Will be yeah, I mean, Franklin's pretty, you know, 
quiet about these teams and keeps these things pretty close vested. And Joe Moore, I'm Joe Moore is the guy that we, everybody, I mean, everybody immediately said, oh, it, it this is a Joe Moorhead type hire for Penn State. Um, and there was a question is, yeah. would he want to leave a head coaching job to become Penn State's OC again? And, you know, it, mm-hmm. it remains to be seen if that's going to be the case. But every little bit of chatter that you've heard, that I've heard, that uh, some of our other colleagues at Rivals mm-hmm. have heard, uh, points towards Joe Moorhead. Now, I will say the devil's advocate of me is saying this could be one hell of a smokescreen. Like, all signs are pointing towards True. Joe Moorhead. So is there something going on behind the scenes that James Franklin is working on, perhaps? Um, but I thought his comments on Tuesday was practice about the offense coordinator search, about the hiring, were kind of uh, mm-hmm. interesting in uh, not tipping his hand per se, but in a way he kind of gave some insight to it. So I do think if it is Joe Moorhead, we're going to know sooner than later if it's Joe Moorhead. Like, Maybe as soon as yeah. next week. Ne- next week. Um, if it goes beyond next week, I think it may probably leans towards somebody else than Joe Moorhead. Just because it Joe Moorhead either wants to the job or doesn't want the job. It's it's quite the if if he's the guy yeah. and Penn State wants to offer him, he either wants the job or doesn't want the job. Money is not an issue for Penn State here. They're going to be able to top whatever Akron is paying him. Um Yeah. I think it's like 500K. So yeah. It's um, Joe Moorhead. Yeah. $500,000. I mean, he was getting paid 1.1 yeah. million at Oregon to be the OC. There's, I mean, Penn State can easily offer Joe Moorhead well be above that 1.1. Um, mm-hmm. I would expect if he is the next head, next offense coordinator at Penn State, that he's getting top of the line offense coordinator money. And we're not, we're not, we're not privy to that information. Penn State doesn't release that information. But if you look at uh, the USA Today mm-hmm. assistant coach salary um, database, the top two coordinators in college football pay-wise are Garrett Riley and Ryan Grubb at $2 million. Um, Jeff Levy at mm-hmm. Oklahoma, $1.9 million. Um, Manhouse, Louisiana State, $1.9 Jim Knowles at Ohio State, the D.C., $1.9 I think Moorhead is going to be probably pushing close to that, you know, maybe not 1.9, but that 1.5 to $1.7 million range. Money is not an issue here for Penn State. And uh, if it's money that pries him away from an Akron head coaching job, then I I think he's going to be the guy. But like I said, it's just one of those things that everything is, everybody's hearing Joe Moorhead. Everything is pointing towards Joe Moorhead. It almost feels like it's, a massive smoke screen, but I think at the end of the day, it's also kind of the, it was the easy answer all along. Now, is that necessarily a good thing for Penn state? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But um, we've talked about, this is probably James Franklin's last chance at this offense coordinator hire. Um, if this goes mm-hmm. poorly, you know, it's probably, you're looking at a two, three year window. If this goes poorly, the buyout for James Franklin's a, quite a bit less. It's easier in that scenario for Penn State to make a change if they want to. Um, but the clock is starting to tick, I think, on James Franklin, and this is a big one. So I, if he yes. wants to go down or try to 
Live and Die by Joe Moorhead, where who helped lead him to a Big Ten championship before. All right, like that's understandable, but what mm-hmm. we will see ultimately what what happens. But I, I think it's an interesting choice. I get yeah. it, but I think almost feels too easy in a way. But perhaps yeah. the obvious no, answer I, is I totally the best answer you. sometimes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. We shouldn't have some more news next week, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, Akron is going to finish up their season. Penn State finishing up on Friday. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, this could be a big, mm. big weekend when it comes to the coaching carousel. Uh, Michigan State's closing in on their yeah. next hire. Um, a couple mm-hmm. other jobs are probably going to open up here. Maybe a couple hires be made. could be a big weekend. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, speaking of big weekends, uh, I guess you should say big week, not even weekend. Transfer portal is now officially open for yep. grad transfers because the IVs are done. The uh, FCS is done. Two names. Yeah, two names that have, I don't know, the Penn State connection. Well, one has Penn State connection. One has uh, Pennsylvania connection um, that have popped up in the portal so far. Yeah, Joey Slackman. He's a defensive tackle. Yeah, defensive tackle out of UPenn. Um, extremely interesting background. He's a New York native. Uh, actually committed to UPenn as a wrestler, as a 285-pound wrestler, state champ in high school. Uh, wrestled for two seasons before transitioning to football, where he became a defensive tackle. He's listed 6'4", 300. He is, last year he was number, what I have this? Number 27 uh, DT in the country um, per Pro Football Focus. This year, he is number two out of 830 qualifying defensive tackles per football Pro Football Focus. So, thirty in Pennsylvania. I mean, I said, what he get like yeah. twenty something offers in the first twenty four yeah. hours or something like that. No, I, so, I, I, I think defensive tackle is one of those positions that we expect him to hit pretty hard, along with wide receiver. This uh, off season, mm-hmm. uh, I was. Uh, I, I do know they've been in contact with him. They haven't offered him yet, but um, and we'll see if they do because so many schools have offered him already. Um, you wonder what yeah what they're trying to confirm, check. Maybe they, there's something they just haven't seen that they like, but um, the size definitely stands out. 6'4", 300 pounds, um, highly productive for UPenn. Like you said, we're blowing up. he's blown up, receiving 20-plus offers already in the first 48 hours or so. Uh, yeah, that would definitely be a name to watch. Uh, the other name I want to single single out is offensive tackle Jalen Travis from Princeton. So he just entered the portal last night. Um, out of high school, he actually had a Minnesota offer, um, and that was his only uh, one of two Power Five offers. He also had Iowa State, but ended up choosing to go the uh, yep. the Ivy League route, which makes sense. Princeton grad transfer, all that good stuff. Um, now he's a Minneapolis, Minnesota native. However, the connection here is that he's cousins with Ross Travis, who some of you might remember as a college basketball player for Penn State. Then, once he was done with Penn State as a college basketball player, somehow played in the NFL. Yeah, Chief Ross Travis. So, yeah, it's a uh, quite the uh, quite the journey for him, which is kind of incredible because I thought he retired a lot earlier and he was still playing in 2021. Yeah. Um, with Detroit Lions practice squad. Yeah, I mean, that's a testament to his athleticism for sure. Um, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. offensive line. I would. I think that's one of those positions where you can never have too much depth um, if you can go out and get somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw them offer uh, Keyshawn Blackstock, Michigan State transfer, who uh, wound up True. at uh, I think Arkansas. Um, so I mean, yep. we we know they're going to be already going to be active when it comes to offensive linemen. So uh, yeah, uh, that that's definitely another name to know, and they've mm-hmm. gone to the Ivy Leagues plenty before, as we've already seen for offensive linemen. Yeah, again, uh, I'm just going based off the fact that it's PFF grades. Mind you, it's Ivy League, so there is a jump, but yeah, Hunter Norris has made that jump. Made, He's been pretty solid. Very well. um, and, and sometimes it doesn't work out, too. But uh, this one, his PFF grades are, he had 80.7 overall, uh, 86.4 pass blocking, and 72.6 run blocking. Um, He's had several games in the 90s. Like, this, this kid just seems like he's pretty damn good. Um, plus the Penn State connection, I mean, I, I think you definitely reach out for, uh, for the sole fact that Fashion is gone. Yeah. So Wallace, we don't yep. really know. And Drew Shelton seems to be like ready to go. He's waiting in the wings, just kind of. So you're that, I would assume Shelton's one of your tackles, and then you kind of have an right. opening, or you can, you can even let Wallace fight off this guy and let him compete. Winner, winner gets the spot. Right. I, I, I agree. And yeah. uh, like I said, Penn State, not even with Norzad, they, I remember they uh, landed a hunter, uh, uh, Eric Wilson a few years ago out of uh, Harvard as well. Uh, yes. So uh, we've been able to, we've seen Ivy League guys, it is a big jump, but be able to make that jump and some better than others. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think offensive line is one of those positions where you can never have too much talent, never have too much competition. Penn State has a chance to be losing, mm-hmm. you know, um, off the top of my head, they could lose what, four or five starting offensive linemen? Um, Technically, Four, um, yeah. there's a couple guys that could choose to return there, but you know, Olu mm-hmm. is has to be gone this year. Um, he has to be gone. Yeah, Caden yeah. Wallace has <laughs> played himself into. I'm not sure if Caden has eligibility, but he's played himself into a draft pick. I think he has one. I more think year, Sal right? Warmly uh, may have another year of eligibility left as well, and then Hunter Norris adds out of eligibility. So, um, yeah. So hard to tell with the uh, the crazy COVID year and everything. You, you never really know who has a year. They have a year, but they yep. don't really have a year on the on the roster, and it's a absolute mess. Thank God it's starting to yeah but, lead I itself mean, out. We're, we're entering um, four years post COVID year, and it's still still you know mm-hmm. always not fun to figure out who has. And then different programs have different ways of you know uh, illustrating that. Like Minnesota yeah. uses just how many years they've been with the program instead of, you know, red shirt hmm. senior or whatever. But yeah, I mean, JB Nelson, you look at JB Nelson's the only guy who may return out of the starters. Um, Cause yeah. So Norzad Wallace formerly are yeah. gone, done and completely. Um, I, I think fashion new. Yeah. I think Wallace he's may have one year, but again, I think he's put himself into an, into being a draft pick. He's been one of Penn State's, best yeah um lineman this year yeah they definitely need some weapons there and you need some experience as well uh, especially if you're gonna have a brand new offensive line and your expectations yeah. are the playoffs so you have Walls to does have that out, a but... year of eligibility it looks like yeah he's he does? he's right. used Maybe five um gotcha and then warmly makes sense uh like i said the whole thing is complicated as hell i think wormley's done though but i Warmly also has five, has played five, but 
so he technically has a year. But um, yeah, we'll see how many of these guys return. Um, but he, but at most, you're looking at probably two return because I don't think you're. I don't think yeah. So all three of Nelson. Well, I think Nelson returns. I don't think both Warmly and Wallace return. I think one likely returns. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's a lot of turnover. Otherwise, you're going to have to go with, you know, they. I think they're confident in a Drew Shelton. I think they're confident in uh, uh, Vega Ione. But after that, mm-hmm. do they trust Javen Williams to step into a starting role as a redshirt freshman next year? Yeah, so... Uh, we'll wait and see. It's going to be an interesting off season. There's going to be more yeah. portal updates. So I'm sure we're going to have believe... a lot more stuff. Um, they haven't sent out an offer yet, technically, but yeah, I believe um, the portal officially opens for everybody else or recruiting wise, at least uh, December fourth, first week. Yes, Dece- it's, I it's one of those days. That it was. First week of January, like yeah. January second or third. Um, so I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're about to hit. Um, you know, there's no off season. There's no off season. Um, we're about to hit just... a very busy part of the year. You know, football may be over for the most part, but mm-hmm. uh, offense coordinator search is going to ramp up after Friday. Uh, transfer mm-hmm. portal is going to be active for uh, probably Penn State and everybody else, and then. Who know whatever mm-hmm. happens with the coaching carousel, oh, we'll, we'll see how that ends up impacting Penn State. There, um, I, I would be a little surprised if Penn State has a, the same staff outside of Yersich, uh for next season, just because you know this is a staff that has produced a ton of head coaches and coaches who have gone elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, help Windexer yeah. was close last year. Manny Diaz is probably close to getting one. Um, there, who knows? Yeah, we I mean, I, really I think. Know. There, I, I think you can point to any of their members on the coaching staff as potential future head coaches. I don't know if a Phil Trowan wants to be a head coach, but uh, and I think mm-hmm. obviously Deion Barnes isn't getting a head coaching job right now. But Deion Barnes did really good in his first season as a defensive line coach. Um, he's going to be a hot name oh, yeah. in the next few years as for defense coordinator jobs, probably as he continues to work his way up. So um, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a good, fun offseason, active offseason here for sure. Yeah, no, of course. Um, last but not least, let's just uh, roll through this one relatively quickly because we've been doing this for a while now. Oh, yeah, Michigan State, game. Friday night, Ford Field. Yeah, there is one more game left. Um, team doesn't have a coach. They have a backup quarterback as their freshman starter. Um, freshman, yeah. Who? Don't get me wrong. I think he's decent, but um, kids yeah. are just – I, it's this Penn State defense is gonna just yeah that's the thing like, if I'm not nah, the like you look and that's why I think almost against any team in the country right now Penn State has a chance to beat them despite the offense this defense I think can shut down pretty much ninety five percent of the offenses in the mm-hmm. country they'd probably you know struggle with an Oregon or a Washington offense a little bit. Um, but and I even struggled. They're just it would be similar to Ohio State Michigan games, but those are defenses you can score on them. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't see this one on Saturday being being particularly close. I think yeah, this final score may be close, but I feel like it's going to 
if anything, would be like the Ohio State-Michigan games for Penn State. The score may be close, but Penn, Michigan State's never really in the game. Uh, the one thing you could say is mm-hmm. the Spartans haven't quit, and that's a testament to Harlan Barnett and that coaching staff for keeping this program together yeah. through this tough season. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't see this one being particularly close because I don't know how Michigan State can score on this Penn State defense. Uh, I, I think Penn State's going to want to go yeah. out on a high note the regular season. Um, there's a couple kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cam King's last Penn State game could very well be in his hometown in Detroit. Um is obviously his brother Kobe, also from Detroit. Penn State recruits very well yeah. in Detroit. They target Michigan a ton. So, I mean, this is a big recruiting opportunity for Penn State as well. And I I know Michigan State's going to be hosting some recruits for this game, even though they can't really talk to recruits and recruits can't really do anything special. But uh, there will be some recruits in the stands yeah. for this one as well. So, um, yeah, I – I'm not really sure there's really much to say about this. I think all you're looking for in this game is if Drew plays and how he plays, if how the wide receivers play in this game. Um, mm. We're 11. We're, this is game 12. This, I, I mean, this is what yeah. Penn State is what they are. There's not really much to go off anymore. And um, like I said, like with the Rutgers game, I would have liked to have a full podcast go over this game, but just in brief words, yeah, just, there's yeah. really not much you can say. Penn State is a three point three touchdown favorite and should win this game by probably 21, 20, 25 points. I mean, they, they're one of the best teams in the country in covering this season, and I don't expect that to change this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they cover 100%. Uh, but like you said, they, they might play feisty in the beginning and make it close, and I think Penn State just opens up. Uh, you'll see the talent gap, I should say, and that's going to make yeah. a big difference. And, and and that's pretty much it. That's where Penn State is, um, I think, as a program is, and we've seen that this year against ninety-five percent of their opponents, they are just bigger, better, faster, stronger, and win almost by default mm-hmm. against everybody else. It's a little bit more of a, a little bit more struggle by everybody else. I was in Ohio State and Michigan, but. Um, but yeah, if no, if anybody course. wants a little bit more in depth reading on uh, the Spartans, our Dub Jelson over the last few days has posted uh, two uh, Michigan State articles by the numbers as well as a mm-hmm. first look at the Spartans. Both great in depth um, looks at Michigan State. Yeah. All right, Don. Anything else before we uh, sign off? Yeah. No. Just happy Thanksgiving to everybody, uh, and uh, we'll. I'm sure we'll be back uh, sometime in the next few days to recap Michigan State. Could digest maybe this entire season once it uh, comes to an end here. And who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about an offense coordinator hire. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned. If you don't already, hit the subscribe button down below on YouTube or give us a follow on any of your podcasting apps that you're listening on. Um, also, give us a rating. It helps us grow the pod and get our name out there a little more and help us just kind of uh, – just make make this the go-to uh, podcast for Penn State Athletics. Um, for me and Dylan, it's another edition of the Penn State 365 podcast signing off.